Hey, my name is Yolanda and welcome to Frank Factualities, the podcast. Tune in each week as I speak frankly about life experiences from my perspective and offer you a bit of unsolicited advice. Let's take a little time to laugh, to think, and to cry as we tackle some serious topics and some not so serious topics. Be sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hey, Frank family, it's me, Yolanda, back tonight with another episode. And May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I speak a lot to you all about holding yourself accountable and getting help and seeking therapy. So guess what? I have a special guest for you this week. Her her name is Nikisha Randolph. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist associate, and she is going to answer some of our questions and some of the things that we have been talking about a lot during this episode. podcast experience so how are you mrs randolph hey i'm so excited to be here with mrs frank herself i'm doing well thank you good 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 so let's go ahead and get started i've already said uh, who you are but tell us a little bit about yourself and your practice yeah thank you so much for having me i think um mental health awareness month is really important for us to get the word out and to Uh, talk about preventative measures. So I thank you so much for having us as a part of your platform. So I'm Nikisha Randolph. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapy associate. I work as a mental health counselor with the local school district, and I'm also in private practice. I am also a certified grief counselor, as well as a certified trauma specialist. So I do a little bit of everything. Um, Just because I'm a marriage and family therapist, some people assume that I only uh, see people who are married or in families, but I can really see anyone with a myriad of issues. Okay. So, you know, I think that a lot of people are confused when it comes to Mm -hmm. seeking therapy. And a lot of times they don't know the difference between a therapist and a psychologist or a psychiatrist. So could you like explain the difference? Yeah, yeah. So that's actually a really good question to start off with. Like, who am I going to see? Why am I going to see them? And what are they going to do to me? Right? Right. So a lot of times a therapist and a counselor, you're going to hear those terms interchangeably. So they are normally master's level clinicians. Some of them have um, more advanced degrees, but for the majority of uh, licensed professional counselors or uh, licensed uh, clinical social workers, or even licensed marriage and family therapists, they are a master's level. It means that they've gone into a graduate program, they, they graduated from that program, they took a licensure examination, completed whatever requirements were necessary, and now they can, they can treat you. Um, when you're looking at uh, like a psychologist, so there are different types of psychologists, but when you're looking at a clinical psychologist, someone who's actually practicing therapy, mm-hmm. a major difference between them and just a, a, a therapist or a counselor is that they have an advanced degree or training. So they have a lot more time. And, and I've noticed just in my kind of my day-to-day um, movement with working with psychologists, a lot of times not only are they practicing on the clinical side, but they're also like very heavily involved with academics. So they may be like teaching at universities or something like that while still practicing therapy. 
Now, when you think about a psychiatrist or what we call shrinks, some mm-hmm. people call it shrinks. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they're medical doctors. They're just oh. like uh, they're just like a, a family doctor or like a cardiologist. They go to medical school um, with the same amount of time that, uh, as you know as any other doctor would, but they concentrate and their focus is on mental illnesses and understanding mental illnesses, and they can all prescribe medication for uh, patients. Some psychiatrists, they do practice like therapy as well as prescribe, but a lot of times they work in, they have like an in-house therapist or clinician so that they're kind of working hand-in-hand with the clients and, and making sure that they get wraparound services. Right. So if I'm like a newbie to this, because as you know, mm-hmm. I know this month is mental health awareness, but we've been hearing about this a lot and it's becoming um, something that we are embracing and not necessarily running away from. So if I wanted to seek help, how do I know which one of these individuals I need to go to? How do I figure out, like, I need to look up a psychologist or should I just look up, you know, someone who provides counseling services? Is is that yeah. what I would initially do? Yeah. So what I normally tell people to do is go to psychology today, okay. psychologytoday.com. And guess what? They have, they have a list of professionals, psychi- psychologists, therapists, clinical social workers, marriage and family therapists. I mean, you can literally, it's kind of like uh, you're filtering through whatever whatever you need or you're seeking, and it allows you to select, like if you are um, interested in getting assistance with an eating disorder or if you are, you know, looking at spiritual counseling, you can literally go through and filter whatever services that you're looking for, and it's going to, or even who you want it be administered by a, a psychologist or a counselor and it will give you a it will populate a list of people who can help you so I always say start there and if you don't have you know if you don't want to do it there because you're not really trusting other go to your primary care physician and ask them for a referral for oh, wow, a therapist or yeah yeah definitely you know or if you have a local mental health center um you tell them yeah and even with the doctor you just tell them you know some of the symptoms that you've been experiencing and who would be the best person like who can you refer me to um and they'll get you the help that that's needed so how is this like affordable mental health i mean because you mentioned like going to your primary health physician is this covered under insurance can i afford to do this if i'm just like you know we're working a regular nine to five and i don't have like Mm -hmm. so much discretionary cash that i can Mm -hmm. just you know give out this money every week to see this like how affordable is this yeah so it really depends you know i i I say this you know we can go out and buy a pair of two hundred dollars sneakers that i can (laughs) Spend, you know, if you're thinking about marriage counseling, like sometimes depending on where you are, some insurances may not cover that. They may not look at that as a mental illness, so they may not necessarily cover it under that uh, portion of, of, of health insurance. But think about it, even if it is just $90, I mean, it's what, 45 bucks a piece? I mean, that you're yeah. spending for you and your spouse to get, you know, help is necessary. So, when we look at the cost for mental health and access to mental health, you know, it's really important that we try to do all that we can do to um, make if that's what we need, seek as many services as, as or resources as possible to make sure that it happens. Now, is it is it always affordable? Not necessarily. It right. just really depends. Um, you know, uh, thankfully, we have in, in most counties for like the state of South Carolina, for example, we have the Department of Mental Health. 
most states have some sort of mental health as a part of the government. And so oh, because wow. of that, they do have, yeah, they do have agencies that will allow you to, they will not turn you away, but they will say you have a sliding scale. I'm just going to make up a number here. Um, so like for $2, you know, you can come per session or whatever, hmm. or they'll give you like a sliding scale. They're not going to necessarily turn you away. But obviously, you know, there are some instances where if the bill is astronomical because you've been going to therapy for five to ten years and you're not paying anything on it, then, you know, that might be a billing issue. But for most people who have insurance, you can go and seek out a private therapist or even go to an agency that is providing that for those who are underinsured or not insured at all. There is still help available. Go to a local agency to get the assistance that you need. At the end of the day, I mean, even 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 though I don't work with an agency as, mm-hmm. as for private practice, if someone came up to me and said, listen, I'm being honest, I cannot afford it, but I need the help that's necessary. I'm not going to turn you away. And most therapists who are wow. compassionate and empathetic will not turn you away. We will make sure that you get the services that are necessary. So, you know, again, underinsured or no insurance or even with insurance, there really is no experience not to get the help that's needed because there are so many resources um, that are available to you. So pretty much what, you, what you're saying is that if there's a will, there's a way. Absolutely. You said it. You said it. Right. And now some people think that you have to have like a mental disorder to seek therapy. But what's your take on at what point does someone need to say to themselves, like, I need to get help? Is there like certain triggers or things that it's like, okay, if these things are happening, you need to seek some help? Yeah. So anything, so really quickly, definition, the the difference between mental health and mental illness. Everyone has mental health. Everyone, if you have a pulse, you have mental health, just like you have physical health. Mental illness is like something that's diagnosable that that a doctor, like a psychiatrist or your your, uh, uh, primary care physician or even a nurse practitioner has diagnosed you with, um, and so at the point that you have a mental illness, that means that you've had symptoms. You may have had things that have impaired you. Anything that is going to be, that's going to impair you or create a barrier to how you function in your normal day-to-day life versus someone who is not um, having any impairment, that would be a symptom. If you've, uh, if you've had like childhood trauma that is still, you're still wrestling with or that is still, you know, you know, haunting you in your adulthood, that might be a symptom that there is something else deeper that's going on. You know, if all of a sudden you, you don't want to uh, hang out with your friends, you're showing very avoidant behaviors or, you know, feeling sad or you're crying all the time. It, those are symptoms, you know, mental illnesses happen just like physical uh, illnesses, like right. with the cold, you get like a, a itchy throat or runny nose or watery eyes and you kind of already know that something's happening. Maybe I have allergies, maybe I'm getting cold. So you start to take preventative measures. Well, it's the same thing with mental illness. You have symptoms and you have triggers and things that you know that are just not necessarily normal that you're experiencing or feeling inside of you. And that, again, it impairs you from functioning in your day-to-day life at that point, you need to get help before it exacerbates into something much worse that could lead to anything, even suicide. So if you see something within yourself, say something. Right. This is all great. I feel like this is like 
you know, therapy one-on-one, like just a true <laughs> session on what it's all about. Because I think we get so much information, especially mm-hmm. when like in a Google search, you Google these things and you get so much and you just yeah. don't know what to do with it. And not everyone has the information or the knowledge or knows someone who's done therapy or been there and can give them just, you know, well, I've done it and this is how it is. So again, thank you so much for being a part yeah, of this. I have a few so. more questions for you and then I'm going to let you go. But I do want to ask fun. you if you are, if someone is a little hesitant about speaking with someone uh, or speaking with a therapist, explain what a typical like first visit will be like for them. Yeah. So um, a first visit is normally just a lot of questions. We're getting to know you. If you ever go to a first session, which is called an intake or an assessment, and you don't, and that therapist is, or whomever is that you're seeing, the psychologist is not uh, taking time to really get to know you and to join with you, not over-identify, not be, to become your buddy, not to become your friend, but not to really, really get to know you. Um, and that's by listening to you, by validating what you're saying, by showing empathy and sympathy. Then, you know, again, I mean, you might want to really consider if this is the person that you want to spend the next, you know, six months to a year, depending on how severe the mental health concern is. Now, I know not everyone goes to, to therapy because they have a mental illness. Sometimes people just want a life enhancement. Right. And they don't want right. to go through like a life coach. They actually want to go through um, a therapist um, or someone who can create a treatment plan for them. That's completely fine. So don't don't feel like if, you know, if you just need a little assistance with, you know, something that's going on in your life that, oh, that's a bad thing if you go to therapy. No, I mean, I'm a therapist who's had a therapist. And wow. I can't say that I, I was going because I had a mental illness. I just needed someone to listen to me. You know, and I needed someone to help me to find ways that I could enhance my own life to become a better me. And, I, you know, and I chose to go that route. So um, I know that there's a lot of stigma that's associated with therapy, but, you know, anyone can go. And during that first session, that's going to let you know if you are, you've, you've chosen or selected the right person to help you to meet your goals. Um, so lots of questions. We're going to get all up in your business. We're going to ask you when you were a child, you know, how did that make you feel? And what we're just doing is we're just collecting data and information to help you to formulate a treatment plan that's going to work for you. So that, that first session is all about you, uh, demographic health information, risk assessments, um, you know, trauma, how do you eat, you know, your sleeping habits, eating habits, you know, your cognition. We're going to test your level of cognition. All of those things, and it sounds like I'm using all these big words, but really, if you have a therapist, they're going to break it down to you, and you're gonna, you're not even gonna notice that you're in therapy. You know, that's the that that's if you have a really great, a great person that you that you can meet um, as your therapist. So, so you said something that really stood out to me because I've said this before to my audience. Like when you're seeking therapy, it's like a doctor visit. If you feel like you're not getting the best care, you can always choose another. So I think it's important that you know when you mention name that website again that they can go to to seek a, uh, to find yes, a therapist. Psychology, yeah, psychology today is really good. And for college students who are listening, um, there's something that's called Thriving Campus. Thriving Campus. And that it's kind of like a psychology today for uh, like universities and colleges across the country. And it helps you to um, also um, find a, a therapist. 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm just going to encourage them, as you stated, just find the person that's best for you based on, you know, what you're going through. And if you do have your initial session and you don't feel comfortable and you feel like you need someone else, you can always go back there and find Mm -hmm. someone else and keep going until you find someone that you feel like is giving you the best care. Because we would do that same thing if we had an issue with our foot, for example. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I want you to share with the people your information because COVID has awarded us the opportunity to do telehealth and all type of <laughs> virtual services. So even if you're not located in South Carolina and you're seeking a therapist and you just fell in love with Mrs. Randolph tonight <laughs> and everything that she said, please give the people your information on how to reach you. Sure. Thank you. So um, my email address is kind of long, but it is uh, Nakisha, N-A-K-I-S-H-A-S. Randolph, R-A-N-D-O-L-P-H dot M-F-T at gmail dot com. My work cell phone number is 803-450-0925. And that's normally on between um, 8 and 4.30. So again, that number is 803-450-0925. And if you're just interested in calling, I do give um, free consultations. So um, we can kind of talk for about 15 minutes and see if it is a good fit and, you know, go on, go on from there. But there's another number that I wanted to share that is even greater sure. than my information, which is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. I don't want to assume that, you know, anyone who's listening may not be facing suicide or self-harm. And so here's a really important number. And they also have, for Spanish-speaking individuals, they also have therapists who are available to you too, but that number is 800-273-8255. Okay. Thank you for that. And um, guys, what I'll do is I'll go ahead and list that on all of my platforms and I'll have it in the description of the topic for tonight. So that information will be available to you all. Nikisha Randolph, I just want to thank you so much for being a part of this podcast, sharing your information and just being a blessing to the people because there are a lot of people that are seeking help, but don't know where to go or are confused. And so you just answered a lot of questions Uh, and um, we would love to have you back again anytime. It doesn't have to be Mental Health Awareness (laughs) Month. And so guys, it has been a pleasure. Again, we're going to give and I'm going to try to find my applause button. Mrs. Randolph, a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Thank no, you so crazy. much for having me. Thank you so much. I, ho- I really hope that this information was valuable. And thank you for taking the time out to pause um, just to really recognize Mental Health Awareness um, Month. And um, I really appreciate you and all that you do. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, you're amazing. Thank you. Okay. All right. So, guys, frankly, the fact of the matter is if you are seeking help, help is out there get the help, take advantage of all the information that's been afforded to you tonight. And as I always tell you all, thank you so much for listening. And if you need to reach me, hit me up on all of my social media platforms. I'll have another guest speaker on next week and we will continue our talk about mental health. As I always say, until next time, bye.